This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo Radio. Hi, right, DJ, back off. Y'all have that conversation on another channel there. Yeah, it's, four. it's all good. All right, man. Gotta go easy, man. <laughs> you're now listening to the Dale Jr. Download presented by Spy. Check out Dale Jr.'s signature Dirty Mo sunglasses from Spy at spyoptic.com. Hey, everybody, it's Junior. Um, sorry about, uh, I don't know if you can even hear them, but the crickets and all kinds of crazy <laughs> stuff going on. Um, but I'm at the uh, treehouse having a couple of beers. Anyways, we just got home from Watkins Glen, and it was a pretty good race. We uh, came off the trailer really, really fast and uh, real fast. I was actually real happy, uh, thrilled, actually, with the way the car was going speed-wise. Um, we were real tight, though, in the Friday practice, the first one. And I was a little bit worried about that. Uh, we worked on our car, but couldn't really fix the balance issues uh, to go faster. Uh, but we uh, still had pretty good speed and real consistent. The car was real easy to drive. But uh, in qualifying, we made you know the typical changes you make in qualifying to get the car tighter. Uh, you're gonna have a lot more grip, a lot more speed, taping off the front grill, so we uh, make a lot of changes and. And qualifying, we were loose in these, you know, in these areas that we were tight Friday. So I was, you know, kind of perplexed on what to do uh, for the race. I didn't know if the track had changed some, but anyways, we uh, we qualified pretty good. I think we definitely had the speed to qualify in the inside the top five, and I saw that in the race as far as the speed in the car. Once the race started. We, uh, you know, got to be aggressive on restarts. You got to be aggressive anytime you have an opportunity. Uh, if you see a guy, you know, sort of get uh, a couple guys go side by side up through the S's, you got to be aggressive on somebody uh, when you get a run on them. So we were definitely trying to do that all day long and getting some pretty good positions on them restarts and uh, taking taking opportunities to get by guys. You know, our strategy was working really well throughout today. It kept us toward the front. It kept us up, uh, you know, up out of trouble. A lot of things going on in the back. You can bang up fenders. We saw what happened to Truex there. He got into uh, to somebody trying trying to pass a slower car and ended up tearing up his front tire. So those are things you worry about getting there in outside the top, uh, you know, top ten. But we stayed toward the front all day and uh, had a lot of good speed. Uh, it came down toward the end of the race and we had some choices to make. There were cautions that weren't really falling the way we needed them to fall a lot of guys came down pit road uh, about 10 laps before our window and they were hoping to come on to pit road once they got inside our window and just take that little bit of fuel they needed where we would have to pit change tires and fuel and they would get you know they would get that advantage on us so uh they all you know a lot of guys came down pit road early and then we got around six five or six laps i guess or a handful of laps still short of the window and had another yellow and these that you know these yellows aren't falling when we want them to we don't want yellows at that particular point the uh four car and the 20 car pitted which was interesting i think that spurred a lot of us uh, to go ahead and pit under that same caution so they pitted and you know we're really going to gamble on getting a caution you know, late in the race, which we always do. There's a high percent of a uh, high percent chance of having a caution late, and we just didn't get it today. But anyways, so we're pitting a little bit early than we earlier than we want, but the, it's only because these cautions keep coming out, and we have to, uh, you know, we have to come down pit road. 
to get fuel. There's an opportunity here to get fuel and maybe stretch our fuel if we get a you know a good caution late. Anyhow, we come down pit road. We come out. And we're about uh, five laps short, and we're saving fuel. And uh, once we go green, we're about three and a half laps short. So we uh, you know we're running those last 30 laps or so, expecting to get a yellow. And if we get that one yellow, we're going to be able to save enough to make up those three and a half laps. And we didn't get it. So with about, with about I don't know, 10, 15 laps to go, we went into save mode. Short shifting, lifting real early, maybe not even running full throttle all the way down the back straightaway. So we're giving up some time and some positions, but you know we're trying to stay into that top 10. And uh, had it made, I thought. We started to... Uh, started to sputter a little bit coming out of the uh, carousel and then it ran out of gas coming into the second to last turn so got got by got beat by a couple guys uh, that knocked us out of the top 10 you know that's just road course racing you you know people were asking me after the race what I think about fuel mileage races I'm, I'm just going to tell you you know if you're racing at road courses or you're tuning in to watch a road course race you're going to see a fuel mileage race especially at Watkins Glen we don't have a lot of tire fall off there's not a lot of you know, you know, versus tires as far as old versus new, there's not a lot of speed difference. So guys are going to call that race and be aggressive on fuel, and it's going to come down to trying to push that and make that fuel last. And it didn't work for us. You know, if we get a yellow like you do nine out of ten times, we're fine. But we didn't get that yellow today. So it was a great run for us, though. We had a very fast car all weekend, good competitive speed. We can expect to. Uh, build on that for next year at the road courses we've been running good at the road courses the last several trips so we want to be able to keep that up and you know I think there's a lot of good reasons why we're running better uh, number one uh, you know the cars are better and they come off the truck and they're fast it makes it so easier on me it's it's hard for me to be able to make a car faster throughout the weekend if it doesn't come off the trailer quick at the road courses so you know if we come off the trailer slow we got a lot of balance issues. It's really difficult for me to help the team or help the crew chief to improve that. And uh, yeah, I've, I've had conversations with Ron Fellows and Boris said about that particular thing, and they try to give me uh, you know tips and and help me understand on things that I can do. But it's really tough. So if the car comes off the trailer fast like it has the last couple of years, we're going to run well, or we're going to have an opportunity to run well. Uh, the other thing I think that helps me is no testing. I think when we go test, we you know, my inability to really help improve our car at the road courses, that happens at the tests at road courses as well. So we spend a day or two at a road course really just running in circles, wasting time. Um, we might find some things that, you know, that can help us. But for the most part, I feel like that no testing, particularly at the road courses, has helped me a lot versus the competition. Um, We've been fast since they've made that policy change, and uh, so that's been good. Uh, I'm, I've enjoyed uh, the last several trips to Sonoma and Watkins Glen, and I used to dread them and hate those weekends, and now I look forward to it. So we'll see how uh, how it goes next year. Hopefully we can maintain this momentum and keep having a good time. They're, they're fun tracks when you can run well. Definitely enjoyed uh, all this weekend and look forward to next year. So. That's about it. We're going to Michigan. Uh, everybody uh, on Twitter is telling me they're excited that we're going to Michigan because that's a good track for us. But hey, 
I got one thing to remind you about. There's a completely different rule package for this race. We're going to have a giant spoiler on the back, a lot of drag. Cars are going to be driving and handling a lot different by themselves in traffic. It's going to be a lot of stuff going on, so it's going to be a very, very difficult weekend, much like Indy was. Uh, so I'm excited to see what this package does at a racetrack like Michigan, whether we have the big draft and the you know cars running bumper to bumper and drafting and passing on the straightaways. That's going to be interesting to see if that happens. And if it does, you're going to see a hell of a race. So everybody's kind of uh, excited about it. I know Michigan's excited about uh, what we got planned. And uh, it's, a, you know, it's a racetrack that provides you more opportunities in the corners to run a little higher, a little lower to get out from behind a car with dirty air. And you know with this big spoiler, it's going to make a lot of dirty air. So we're going to need to be able to move and get out from behind these guys and run different lines in the corner when you're trying to catch and pass a car. So we'll see how it works. I know uh, NASCAR and the drivers are all hoping that it's a good show, and I know you guys are going to tune in to check it out. Either way, I hope you enjoyed the download. We'll talk to you later. Man, I tell you what, I think I prefer Dale Jr. giving his explanation with the crickets and the cicadas out there. I I really do. I think it adds an ambiance. I was going to say, it's like a nature <laughs> moment for you on it's, top of inf informative. I mean, this is Dirty Mo Radio. Uh, he's coming to you from Dirty Mo Acres, the treehouse. You got the crickets going. I didn't hear any other farm animals out there, but uh, I don't know. I liked it. Did you like it? I liked it. I did, too. i tell you what. Uh, good stuff from Dale Jr. I'm Mike Davis with TJ Majors, Amanda Wolfmeyer. Taylor, he's off in Oregon doing uh, college football stuff for his uh, program on Sirius XM. Uh, so... Uh, we'll catch him next week. But, TJ, you and I were both at Watkins Glen this weekend. And uh, I don't know, man. You know, Dale Jr. alludes to the fact that he enjoys going to road courses now. We were talking about that after Sonoma. And he brought up a really good or an interesting point. And that was because he said we don't test there, which if I'm to translate this and interpret it right, because that's less opportunity for him just to screw it up. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way. That's what he's saying. He's not good enough at road courses for him to be able to give constructive, progressive feedback to help a car get better. So it needs to come off the truck fast. It did this weekend. And I think that last year, uh, I think at Sonoma, Steve Letarte and Dale Jr., they made the decision not to go test a road course that mm -hmm. year. Yep. And it was the best Sonoma race that they had had. I think that was last year. It might have been two years ago. Same thing again. I thought that was very interesting. But, uh, TJ, it was a good weekend. Car was super fast all weekend, qualified well. Strategy just kind of bit us there at the end, but that's going to happen, right? Yeah, I think um, I think he's just saying, you know, the more time he spends on track, it probably at a test it just makes him further away. You know, he just starts, he, he like he's saying, he's not just not a road course expert enough to be able to help the crew chief really fix the car. So, you know, if we unload fast and just don't have that opportunity to go and kind of mess it up, like you said, then he um, is really competitive. And he, he's right about, you know, how, how the race went and everything. You, you just don't ever know what's going to happen there. You might you might be running 12th and have a shot to win. Yeah, that's right. So. It was an uncharacteristic Watkins Glen race. I mean, usually you see some of the biggest crashes you've seen all year. It's well, true. You got your red flag that you, you normally you get. But it, wasn't, the red flag. it wasn't the red flag that we want. I mean, we it was red flag because Jamie McMurray drove around the whole track leaking fluid. That's right. It wasn't red flag because somebody went upside down four had times. Repair a fence or something. Yeah, or we had a big, yeah, we had a big crash. It was for fluid the whole way around the track. Th so. there's, there's no way. Listen, I have no problem with what Greg Ives and Dale Jr. decided to do 
there as far as strategy. I don't remember the last time a Watkins Glen race went the last 30 laps under green. No. I just – it doesn't happen. It, it, and, and so, you know, if, if, if the chances are once every lunar eclipse, I like my odds. It didn't pay off for us this time. But uh, there's no compl- – I mean, they, they ran fast. Junior's always happy. As long as the car was fast, he can live with it, and he can live with it. It was super fast this weekend. We can get to some of these uh, audio clips right now uh, and kind of take us to this race. TJ, um, you know, you and Dale talking early on. Uh, there was a caution for the I think the – I think Greg Biffle had a flat. Yeah. And uh, we Went were about to hit. I think that's what we're going to hear right here. We were running, uh, looks like six. We were running six. This time, you'll be clearing and clear out real early. 3,900 first. Stay out, stay out. Dump it, dump it, dump it. I guess there's a yellow here. Yeah, I didn't even hear it. Okay. That gives me time to explain what the hell's going on here. That was exactly when, who was it? There was a few, I think Keselowski well, and a couple, couple others yeah, decided, right. saw the debris yeah, and yeah. were able to make their yeah, way he, in for the caution. We were just, that's just part of the road course deal. You either make the caution or you don't. So that's exactly how Kyle put himself in the position to win at Sonoma. He hit the, that's right. he caught the caution right. The reason I told him to stay out, I was staring at pit road. And don't get me wrong, we hear NASCAR well, but sometimes transmissions get broke up. It's a radio, you know. I don't hear them every time. I mean, 90% of the time you do, but I didn't hear them call it caution. What I saw was the pit light turn red. When I saw the pit light turn red is when I told him to start staying out because I know if we pit right there, you're basically, you you can either drive through pit road and not get a penalty. Um, I do know that, but you're going to lose a lot of track position. Or you come down, you make your pit stop, and you start tailing to the longest line. But that's why I told him to stay out right there. We needed about four more seconds before that caution came out to get right, to pit road. Right. So, and you you don't want to run the risk of that light. Somebody got bit by that. The Kurt did before. Uh, Kurt has before at the Glen. I remember it. He got bit there when the light um, switches. Uh, yeah, and it it was nothing he could do either. Right. I mean, he could have kept going down pit road, but they made to stop that race. It's been four years ago or five years ago, but. It's, I mean, like, it's just one that falls, man. It's what everybody talks about. Do you get the caution at the right time or don't you? We came out and re, uh, we restarted, I think, 16th on lap 28 after that first caution. We pit for four tires when, uh, you know, when it, when it was mm-hmm. our time. Uh, restarted 16th, uh, got going again, started making some passes, 12th, 11th, uh, was doing well. Caution came out again for debris. There was some really funny transmission uh, with Dale Jr. I guess he was trying to get a piece of tape in the floorboard or down by his feet. Uh, let's play this audio, and TJ, tell us what we're listening to. Blue pad is on the floorboard. I can't see it, but it's coming up, getting all tangled up in the, my feet. Okay. I got it. <laughs> Damn, I had to dislocate my shoulder. It's about to get it, but I don't know if you can see it on the TV. Yeah, so it was just that brake tape under your foot, right? Yeah. Glad it's gone. That far. Put your shoulder back in place. P11 right there. 56 to go whenever we get the green here. What was that, TJ? I think it was just the tape to keep his foot from sliding because you use the brake so much more there. You know, you just don't want your... You know, you're just you're in the corner. I mean, I just think it's to keep his foot from sliding. It's like that grip tape sliding off the pedal. If the base of your foot slides, you're going to slide off the pedal. You know, so if you keep your oh, I got you. So heel, it's on the floorboard. It's on the floorboard. Of, I got you. Yeah, it's pedal. basically keeping okay, his heel. It's basically that. keeping his heel grip to it. From what I, that's what I think it was anyway. I don't think it was on the pedal. They showed it on TV, and it was clearly it looked like a, a thick piece of tape because Dale had it yeah. in front of the in car camera. Yeah, I think it was a piece on the floor. 
I actually, at one point, when they had the camera on him, I thought Dale was going to chuck it out the window. And I'm like, That's what oh, I thought. no. And then he shoved it up yeah. in, a, in the corner of the He's car. usually pretty good about not throwing anything out the window. Yeah. Well, the caution came out again on lap 45. Dale Jr. climbed up to eighth position. Uh, debris from the three car came out. And already you could see strategies starting to formulate, uh, and you could kind of see what teams, uh, what, what they were uh, going to do. Let's play the audio between Dale and Greg. I'm going to try to stretch it from here. Go. All right. Have a come time. Everybody that pitted there is going to have to come down and do fuel only. Uh, they can't make it from here. So biggest thing is, you know, getting as much gap on those guys. There's about four or five, four or so that pit, didn't pit behind us. So we get that gap of four to five seconds on them, and we'll be golden. Why did they not? Why did they not stay out? That's a good strategy. They're thinking that just uh, coming down and get fuel only. You know, have another ten laps on their tires. Oh, yes, understand. We did this same strategy at Pocono last year and won with it. Did mm -hmm. we not? I believe we so. We came in and pitted for four tires. Mm -hmm. Steve Latar. This was a really good call yeah. by Latar. We pitted for four tires before everybody else did. And that allowed us to just take fuel only on our final pit yeah. stop, and we were able to leapfrog people. Yeah, we, we leapfrogged Jeff. Right. Now, this was still pretty early in the race, but I think that, that this is what people are – thinking at this point and if they could take splashing goes at the end be honest with you it gets really confusing i mean it gets confusing obviously for if you're a driver in the in the car i know it's confusing for people at home you fortunately have the uh the benefit of the commentators and latard actually explaining it to you but um it, you know there's just multiple strategies going on and it's sort of hard to kind of keep it all in place but that's that was a bit of an indicator on what we were doing at that point. Uh, we go on. Uh, we restart eighth on lap 49. The caution comes out immediately. Uh, the the nine missed a shift on this yeah. restart, and I mean it like it wadded up a bunch of cars. Yeah, a handful of cars. I mean, uh, let me see here. Uh, the five was the one. Casey Kane Casey really Kane. got for yeah. the front of it. The one. Uh, A.J. Allmendinger was in that. Uh, the McMurray. 32. Yeah. So the yeah, McMurray took a, a beating on that one. So. Uh, we ended up having a decision to make on this. Let's listen to it. Just be ready here, guys. We're we're, we, we're in our bed right now. We gotta we gotta stay out until we get to a window and take our lumps. That's yeah, fine. I mean, we only only two freaking guys or something. You know, it's just a handful I've got on pit road right there. It's not like anything has really changed. No, it's. But if you did, you know, if this thing goes. You know, if they, if they restart us and we go two laps, if we don't get the one to go, uh, you might want to, you know, you can, you got the option to come down, top off, change tires on that, right before we go back to green. Which is sort of what we did. That's actually. what we ended up doing. There was a red flag during this caution. Uh, and then the 4 and 20 had actually pitted before the red flag came out. This kind of changed our thinking on this. So I actually had to ask Dale and TJ when we were in the airplane coming back. I'm like, why did we end up pitting uh, there when we were, you know, talking about being in our bed at that point? And, uh, you know, in hindsight, it's it's a lot easier, especially knowing that there was a caution that was about to come out, you know, a lap yeah. after that. Um, certainly threw, uh, threw a wrinkle in it. But we ended up making a pit stop on lap 53, which was our final pit stop. And we went out knowing that we were three and a half laps short. TJ, you immediately go into telling him to save, 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 yeah. save, uh, because you're short. He saved a ton of fuel. Yeah. If he, he, was, I didn't think we were going to make it. No, listen, 
three and a half laps short. Actually, they said three and a half to five laps short at the at one point, and then it was you were pretty sure we're three and a half laps short. That's a long way around that racetrack. He made it to the white flag, and then he was able to get it around another lap. Yeah, and take the checker and finish eleventh. Uh, like, how much fuel did he actually save? I I, I don't I know. Mean, how much, I mean, that's a lot. That the, is a ton. They they can coast a long way though. But that when you hear your three and a half laps short, you don't really ever, and you don't get any cautions to help. You're probably not going to make it. So that was pretty. That's pretty impressive. I, I was expecting us to have to make a pit stop there with about three to go. Uh, Dale was going to run out, and we were going to. I've assumed at that point when we didn't see any cautions and no, nothing going on, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. But when it was clear that we were just going to finish this race out green, I was like, all right, we're, we're doomed for a 20-some-odd place finish because we're going to have to make a pit stop. But then we never came in. Junior's still out there. Three to go. Two to go. White flag. <laughs> now we run out. But, hey, let's see if we can get this thing around. And he got it around. Yeah. At that point, I'm happy we finished 11th, to be honest with you. It, yeah. it could have been worse. I like the gamble. We got two wins. We're safely in the chase. Yeah, I, like, I was really I like impressed it. that we finished 11th at that point. I like it. I would have been okay. I was okay with whatever Greg called. You don't know what's going to happen, man. You don't know if you're going to get the caution or not get the caution. So you basically just flip a coin. Yeah. You know, you don't you don't really know. So you just pick one and go with it and hope it works out. Do you know that last year we qualified 7th and finished 11th at Watkins Glen? Really? Absolutely. We, we, That's kind of it, creepy. It was a better car. We were much faster, and yet we ended up in the same place uh, qualifying and finishing that we did last year. So, I, yeah. you know, it felt like we improved. felt like this was, our, you know, one of our better Watkins Glen races just on the speed. We just haven't hit the – we just haven't caught the cautions at the right time yet. But that we day's will. coming. That yeah. day's coming. That day's I'm coming. You. Before his career ends, right? Next year, I guarantee no. – I'm going to get to that later, but first, let's speed dial. Speed dial. Well, I am looking forward to this. Steve Post from MRN, a pit road announcer on MRN, and our longtime buddy has joined us. And let me tell you something, Steve. I was sitting over in the S's during the Xfinity race uh, and watching the end of that, and I actually had the Motor Racing Network uh, pulled up and was listening to you guys. And you went into your interview on pit road after the race with Ty Dillon, and immediately after that... You became a ring announcer, and I loved it. You, my friend, have a uh, a career in boxing, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, commentating if this racing gig never works out. You know, it's funny, and, and these guys cooperated so well. They timed it so perfectly, uh, you know, right on my interview, So, uh, which that very rarely happened. You know, it was, a, it was a funny situation there with it because during the cool-down lap, we were in a commercial break, and Mike Bagley, you know, we're so fortunate with our turn guys, with Dave Moody, Mike Bagley, Kurt Becker this past weekend. There's no heads up on what's going on. And Mike Bagley said on the uh, during the break, he said, Regan Smith is hunting for somebody as he went blowing by him down into down into the interval. So we were kind of a little conscious. And I remember early in the race that, you know, Regan and Ty had gotten into it down in turn number one. So, you know, as I'm standing there interviewing Ty, I literally get through to me with Ty. He was talking to his dad. And his dad stepped aside, Mike stepped aside, literally in and tie. I looked to my right, and here comes Regan, and he's got Ron LeMaster, your boy LeMaster, himself, <laughs> in hot pursuit, okay? And I said, they're coming this way, and it's just a matter of whether they interrupt the interview or whether it just happens right after it. Well, Ty, I'm not sure if he saw him coming or not, but he literally wrapped up his answer just as Regan was about 10 feet away, one step back, 
and it was play-by-play of the pushing and the shoving. You know, sometimes this stuff just falls right into your lap, and I just, uh, it, it just was one of those things where it was really funny the way it played out, and uh, I'm just glad they cooperated with us, and, and I'm also glad I didn't get in the middle of the pushing and shoving. They didn't come my way either, because we don't need that either. Well, I was going to ask you that, because you know what? If you get mixed up into that, I like I like your chances more than I like Regan yeah. and Ty's. I think you could take them both. But uh, this almost didn't seem like this is the first time you've called a fight. Like, like, do you have experience in this kind of thing? Uh, I have a huge and vast amount of experience in it because, and, and this is, and, and literally I put something on my social media, on my Twitter, my Facebook afterward, and people in the northeastern Pennsylvania area, they know exactly what I mean. I used to announce, one of the early tracks I announced that was a place outside of Scranton, Pennsylvania. It was called Mockatech Speedway. And literally, it was a two-sport gig. You would <laughs> announce racing for a while, and then you would announce fighting for a while. And it was just part of the territory. You you literally, you know, like one year we came in there and said, we're going to clean this place up, and then nobody showed up. You know, everyone came to Mockatech to see the racing, but they came to see the scuffling and the fighting. So uh, so I do have quite a bit of experience calling, fly, or calling fighting. As a matter of fact, in Mockatech, we had a flagger, a big guy. This guy had to be 350 pounds named Ziggy, and Ziggy would throw the caution when there was a fight in the grandstands. The, the race would be cautioned for a fight in the grandstands, <laughs> that so is... me, the announcer, could call it. <laughs> Here's where it got interesting, because Ziggy knew everybody there. If Ziggy knew one of the participants in the fight, he would throw the red flag and come into the grandstands and join the festivities. <laughs> so, it, you know, I mean, it's just, it's one of those places that was early in my career, had so much fun there. We would party then after the races all night long. It was one of those things I, I think about, I joke with some friends that are from that area. I could not do one half a night at Mockatech like I used to do. But the racing and the fighting experience, I did get there. And how about that Saturday afternoon? It came in handy. It sure did. I mean, you just flowed right into it. It was so. In fact, do we have a clip of that, Amanda? Yeah, I uh, I called our good friends at MRN Posty and got your uh, clip. All right, let's, yeah, let's listen to the Jim Lampley of NASCAR right here. <laughs> well, unfortunately, there are a little bit of emotions down here, and Regan Smith is making his way in to confront Ty Dillon on it. They are talking. <laughs> Regan grabs him by the nap of the shirt. Now they're pushing. Now they're shoving. <laughs> Officials are in between them now. Regan Smith and Ty Dillon going at it. Regan grabs at him. They are just pushing and shoving right now. There's a number of officials, number of team members in. One, two, three, four, five, six officials in here between Regan Smith and Ty Dillon. Ty mentioned in his interview that he was disappointed in himself, got down there. Regan Smith, disappointed in Ty, apparently came over. No punches were thrown, just a lot of pushing and shoving. That is good. Yeah. Have you listened? Had you heard, heard that? that? Is that the first time you've heard that? I actually saw just about a half hour ago, I got thinking about it, knowing I was going to chat with you guys, and I actually went on YouTube, and you can catch bits and pieces of it with one of the one of the plays on YouTube, but that's the first time I heard it, and uh, yeah, I, I got to admit, I'm, 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 I'm not ashamed of that, that was all right. You yeah, nailed it, <laughs> you nailed it, and you know, yeah. later, because again, I was listening to you guys, I was at the track, later I got to watch the replay of what exa- exactly happened, and... It was exactly like I thought in my head, based off of your call of it. So, very nicely <laughs> oh, that, done. That's good. Well, let's switch gears here a little bit, because, you know, I caught a conversation between you and TJ before we started this uh, interview, and TJ had something that was very interesting. TJ, what did you tell Steve? Uh, he was my very first interview when I was driving for Junior Motorsports in a street stock at Concord. I went down there in the Concord, and 
went to some little studio and and uh steve was there and i was nervous as, as i could be to do it too well it's pretty nervous i tell you what steve so there you go you've got that to your resume too you yeah tj in it How about that? tj's <laughs> first interview that, that was such a cool era of my life because mike as you know i did pr for a lot of years yeah and- the, the PR, and I enjoyed every every day of life doing that, but I really wanted to pursue a career in broadcasting with MRN or, or wherever this took me. And so the, the way this came about is Time Warner Cable was doing races at Concord Speedway at the time, where TJ came down and raced Junior Street Stock. So Time Warner Cable was doing racing. I showed up there one night, and what I was there for, I had just a little... Actually, cassette deck recorder, believe it or not. That's how long ago this was. A cassette deck recorder and a microphone. I was going to stand in the corner and make an audition tape for MRN. I had talked to David Hyatt, longtime president. He said, you need an audition tape if you call in some action. So I literally showed up there one night to do an audition tape. Well, I didn't know Steve Gant and Woody Kane, who were the two guys that led this. But there was a third guy, a guy named Randy Whitley. And Randy and Steve had gotten into an argument that night. And Randy had left. And so they had an open seat. Well, uh, a mutual friend of mine, a guy named Ted Lakaitis, who's a great video shooter, he was. He said, well, have you ever done TV before? And I said, no, I haven't done anything. I'm just here to make a tape for MRN so maybe I can get a job broadcasting. And he said, well, I'm sure Stephen Woody would like to have you sit in. I sat in with those guys. We did the first race, and they were like, you're, you're here. You're good for us. We, we hit it up really well and actually become dear friends. But then we got to the studio show in Kannapolis at the Time Warner Cable Building. Uh, TJ was one of our guests there, and I, I remember now TJ coming down uh, and, and doing the show with us, and uh, just, just really fun, but it was a great, great time in my life. TJ, as you know, you know, racing on the short tracks is such a neat deal, and, and a broadcasting and announcing at the short tracks similarly is just so much fun. Yeah, I had a lot of fun racing there. I ran nine races there. We actually uh, picked up one win, but Concord, I, I feel like they like to fight there a lot, too. <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah, there's a trend here. I don't know. It's a yeah. trend. But yeah, maybe it's you. Fighting, though, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's you, Steve. <laughs> maybe it's you. You bring it out of him, Steve. As long as they come over close so I can call it, that's fine. <laughs> Steve, you mentioned about your PR days, and I, I know you don't know this, but, you know, I began in 2002. I was Jimmy Spencer's, then the Bush Series, now Xfinity Series PR rep uh, when he was driving for James Finch. And my story was – I served my last day at a newspaper that I was working at on a Tuesday. I moved to Charlotte on a Wednesday, and they flew me directly down to Daytona on a Thursday. I'd never been on an airplane. I didn't have a credit card. I was completely green, and Speed Weeks had already started. Steve, I went into the the Benny Con, which you remember, yeah. uh, as the old PR room, the old media center there, and I sat down, and you were the first PR rep that I actually met. And, I, and I, again, oh, wow. you don't remember. You, I believe you were Ricky Rudd's PR rep. Is that right? Yeah, at that time I would have been doing PR for Ricky Rudd with uh, Texaco Havlin, yeah. And you were very gracious and, and kind to me, and I was I knew nobody. I didn't even I had not even met my driver yet, and uh, obviously wow. that was an event uh, to itself as well. Ricky liked to fight a lot too. Ricky liked to fight a lot too. Uh, Tim, <laughs> Steve, it follows Steve. Jimmy liked to fight a lot too. Yeah, yeah. How about that? There's a, there's a theme to this show, that's for sure. So. Uh, and I've got a dog and a cat here that are fighting us, by the way, while we're, while we're doing this. So. Steve, we'll close with uh, getting your impression on the cup race on Sunday. I don't know if you were in Dale's pit. Did you have Dale's pit? No, I did not, no. But, uh, yeah, Dale runs out of fuel in the white flag lap. Obviously, uh, fuel played into it. Uh, what was your big takeaway from the race? Uh, were you shocked on how it all unfolded? 
Not really, because we kind of expect that at Watkins Glen. I, I think if there is a, a surprise to me, it's that Pocono, Watkins Glen, we had fuel mileage races. No shock in that. But Pocono, Watkins Glen, we have fuel mileage races with no caution Right at the end of them. You know, we usually talk about fuel mileage races, and we talk about can we make it to the green-white checker. That's usually our caution story with we're going to have cautions. Does it extend the length of the race? But for these teams and drivers to have to work this backward, I had Todd Gordon's bit with Joey Logano for Pocono, and at one time he just looks down at me and he's like, you know, like where's the caution at? Yeah. And it was the same thing with uh, with Kevin Harvick. I had Harvick's bit, and they made it a lot further than I think they even thought they were going to make it with no cautions. But I think that was the thing, and it was fascinating and very interesting racing. I, I don't know, and I, and I struggle with how this plays out on the radio and I struggle with how it plays out on TV, but when you're on pit road with fuel mileage races, selfishly, my perspective is, man, they're a lot of fun because you're down there, you're, you're trying to read the mind of a crew chief who is going to lie to you yeah. because he doesn't want everyone to hear what his strategy is. I just, I enjoy the races, and, uh, you know, ironic that Joey ran out the week before and he was the guy that actually capitalized to get the win. And, uh, you know, so uh, good weekend for Joey. And, uh, you know, good fun. Always always enjoy being up at the Finger Lakes area. Watkins Glen, just a great place. And that crowd was absolutely was. massive. So, I mean, that was great to see as well. Yeah, it, I believe it was sold out uh, from what I heard. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, you bring up an interesting point. I, I've got to ask you, do you ever interview a crew chief late in the race and, and actually believe what they're saying to you? No. No, we don't. <laughs> you know, I mean, and, but that's that's the nature of it. And there's even times we'll joke around about it on um, on the on the broadcast. And, and different crew chiefs are different your personalities. You know, I mean, you know, a guy like Rodney uh, Childers or a guy like uh, you know a guy like Todd Gordon, they will always talk to you. You just have to realize that you may or may not believe it. Okay, right. Chad Knauss, when we're in those situations, will never talk to you if you are lucky enough to get his attention. He'll just look at you like, are you serious, asking a dumb question like that? And, and, that's, and that's great. That's fine. Obviously, Chad Knauss has had a fair amount of success. In it. My all-time favorite, though, is, and he just retired, Jimmy Fennick. Okay, Jimmy is as old school as they come. You could walk on that pit box with a baseball bat and club him over the head, and he would totally ignore you. <laughs> never, we actually called it. We actually joked around. We called it. We got Fennick. Was it was a verb. With MRN, when the crew chief ignores us, we used to call it Fennec. And, uh, because he was just, that's just the nature of it. So, no, I don't believe any of them, and uh, that's their job. I think it's great. That's awesome. Well, Steve, thank you so much. Uh, you, uh, you definitely, I am blown away at how professional and how good you guys are on the Motor Racing Network each and every week. And then you took it up to a whole new level mm-hmm. uh, and uh, this past weekend, and we appreciate you keeping the peace even a little bit. I think you, you did your job, but you also kept it all. You know, th- th- those guys, th- it was a heated discussion. Nothing really got out of control down there, but uh, really appreciate you. You also, your Wing Nation, how's that going? That's going fantastic. actually leave uh, Wednesday for the Knoxville yeah. Nationals. Uh, we do that. Uh, we have live shows from Knoxville on MRN.com Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights. Yeah, this is this is Mecca week for me. The Knoxville Nationals is the greatest event uh, in in motorsports, in my opinion. And we'll be out there all week long with Wing Nation, and then a Saturday morning show on MAV TV. So. You know, just living the dream with the sprint car world as well as the NASCAR stuff. 9.30 a.m. on Saturdays on MAV-TV. Yep. You can catch Wing Nation and Steve Post. Uh, anytime those guys are at the track on Motor Racing Network, you just got to tune in. They do a fantastic job. Steve, thank you so much, buddy. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. See you, Steve.
All right, it is time for Reaction Theater. And as you know, if you called in, it is your chance to win some spy swag on top of the earbuds and wireless speaker up for grabs. Don't forget, you can go online to spyoptic.com and get yourself a pair of Dell Jr. Signature 88 Shades. This includes the Dirty Mo, McCoy, Quanta, General, Farah for TJ. Mm-hmm. Once you are ready to check out, enter discount code NATIONWIDE88 and get 20% hey, off. Hey, Mike. What's that? Hey, uh, uh, sorry to interrupt this read here, but Taylor just called in. Taylor from Oregon? Yeah. Are you serious? You're right. And Taylor! TJ is beautiful. TJ is beautiful with those pair of uh, sunglasses on, by the way. But, uh, uh, thanks, I had Taylor. to call in. I know that I've been out and about on college football assignments. We're out here <laughs> interviewing the, the Oregon Ducks for the season. But nice. I just wanted to remind you of a tweet that you sent out on Friday. You were given a conversation out on Twitter that you had with crew chief Greg Ives about how great the 88 car looked in practice. It was. And Ives called it. Ives called his shot, said, we're going to win the race on Sunday. You're getting all fired up. You copy me on the tweet. You know, for <laughs> the last two years, you've been calling your shot about Washington Glenn. What happened on Sunday, Mike? Do you really want to know what happened? I, I think I yeah. actually was right. I think you screwed it up. I did. Yeah, you. You and all you and all those people last week that laughed at Kyle Bush, and I tweeted last week. I said, "Hey, don't laugh. We're going to need that gallon of fuel," <laughs> and we did. You guys messed up my prediction. So I went out there and siphoned uh, a little bit of gas out of the car. Is what you're saying with your karma? Yes, that's what you did. Yeah. You and your friends. Why, hold on, I, I was much more comfortable when everybody was calling and blaming TJ probably. <laughs> Oh, they still will. I'm sure they will. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I knew you wouldn't forget about that, though, Taylor. So I, this is actually not surprising me that you are calling from or, the University of Oregon just to put this in my face. I, I guess I had it coming, but if you remember, I said that he'll have one before his career is over. His career's not over. I'm still going to get a Watkins win. You have said that, and you have also taken credit for all the success they've had in Sonoma recently, even though you called for a Watkins Glen win. Uh, but I have to admit to you this. What I watched on Sunday proved to me that you're right, that one day Dale Earnhardt Jr. will win at Watkins Glen. I have to admit to you, as much as I want to bust your chops, which you deserve, because you did try to call your shot and you've been calling <laughs> it for years. Now you got even Ives calling shots. Uh, <laughs> as much as I want to bust your chops for that, after what I witnessed and how competitive that car was on Sunday, I don't care about where he finished. That was much better than an 11th place car. Yeah. Uh, I think you're right. I think the way that they practice top eight, you know, 10 in qualifying, I'm with you, man. I, I think that this is going to happen in the next few years. He can get around that place for sure. If he has a, a speedy car, he was happy all weekend uh, with the way it unloaded and the way he qualified. He, he lost some – he said he lost about three-tenths in the S's during his qualifying lap uh, that he wished he had that to do over again because uh, he would have qualified a lot better. And then uh, the, you know the way we just got we got uh, hurt by strategy. And and if I'm if I'm going to just call it like I saw it, we didn't have the best car. That's a fact. We did not have the best car, but he can get around that track. And I do think that uh, you know we're, we're, it, no. a win isn't as far off as we once thought it was. No, you're right. You're right. And he he might not have the best car, but he had one of the best cars. And yeah. that's that's what gave uh, me a lot of confidence. I think moving forward and, and certainly listen michigan is, is a place he's had a lot of success and everybody's fired up for that and i get it but i want people to listen to the podcast next week i'll be back in studio and and next week mike i want people to listen to the podcast because i am going to make 
an emphatic prediction oh. next week on the podcast. An emphatic prediction. Hey, will you do me a favor? Will you wear your uh, sleeveless Wrangler shirt when you do it? Yeah. I'll, I will bring the sleeveless Wrangler. I will be wearing my McCoy Spy optic <laughs> sunglasses that have the little smiley face up in the corner. Your Ferris. And I am going to make an emphatic prediction next week All right. on the Dale Jr. download. Well, I look forward to it, my man. Uh, safe travels. I uh, hope you're doing well out in Oregon. I uh, look forward to having you back in the studio. We're going to catch the rest of these reaction theaters. I don't think anybody would have actually remembered that I had a prediction last week, so I'm not expecting anybody else to bring that up in the reaction theater. <laughs> yeah, I'm so. sure that's not about to happen. Well, no. Amanda, uh, I-, I miss you guys, and Amanda does look a little bit better than TJ with those pair of sunglasses on. <laughs> Just a tiny bit. <laughs> Go. It's that big head of his. Go catch some ducks, man. You jinked us. Go catch some ducks, he says. <laughs> All right, buddy. See you, boys. See you, guy. All right, you ready? Let's hear some of these calls. First off, got to thank Joey Logano on becoming the second girl to ever win on a road course in NASCAR. Congratulations out there. Um, also, I got some serious issues. One is this uh, rules package. Uh, yeah, it sucks on road courses, too. So that's every track it sucks on. Um, also, uh, Greg Hyde, start calling a better race, please, because you're really starting to ruin my Sundays and Saturday nights, uh, due to bad crew cheaping, and, um, pit crew, come on, get in the game. Do you want to win on a track that's not a restricted play track? It's a team sport. Come on. One beer. Jeez, man. Who was the first girl to win on a road course? I don't know. I was Um, trying to think of that myself. I don't know. I don't either. Not Kyle. And, and Joey, <laughs> Kyle. Not, not that <laughs> not that Joey is the second girl. I'm, so, I'm not saying that. I'm saying <laughs> chill on Greg, man. It's a road course. Yeah, I mean sometimes these things just don't work out. And also, yeah. the new rules package wasn't at Watkins Glen. No. Let me just tell you that race was competitive. It was not. There was five cars in a line there. You don't ever see that at a road course like that. Normally they check out. For in the beginning there, there was the 42 us. I mean, there was four or five of us that were close. Yeah. And that's what you want. I thought it was great. Okay, first thing, Mike Davis, love you dearly, but please don't ever go to a race again. Secondly, why the hell did we not pit when it was 30 laps to go and we had the caution? We wouldn't have run him out of gas. He would have at least gotten a top 10 finish probably. This is bullshit. I know we got two wins. I know we're in the chase. When there's in front of us that are getting their third win or, God forbid, Kyle Busch getting his fifth win, we're screwed. This sucks. Junior busted his butt the whole Day for us. <laughs> the 11th place finish. That sucks. Jeez. <laughs> I love that. Man, I mean, I, we should just uh, find her and bring – she needs to bring her crystal ball or the next race if she can – No, she, she's, she's fine. Listen, I've been to a lot of wins. I've been to a lot more losses. I don't think my presence there did any of that. But, uh, <laughs> look, if there's some scientific proof where me being at the track prevented us from winning, I will gladly stay home. Gladly stay home. <laughs> You're just trying to get I, out of travel. You know what? In fact, I agree with her. <laughs> I agree with her. I was at the track. That prevented us from winning. Oh, my gosh. First time caller. Guys did a great job. Two wins. We're in the chase. No worries about taking a chance. I'm blaming this day on Mike Davis because Mike, <laughs> for the last couple of months, has been saying, oh, yeah, Dale's going to win watching Swing. Mike, stop saying that, dude. If you're going to curse and drink somebody, say Kyle Busch is going to win the chat championship have a great day guys no beers taking the dogs out i still think 
that I didn't actually curse this. I think that everybody that laughed last week, and this brought up on Twitter, TJ, I don't know if you saw this or not, but everybody started going, LOL, ha, 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 Kyle Busch ran out of gas. And I said, don't laugh. We'll need that gas. We'll need it. That's a, that's a superstitious, that's a rule in NASCAR. You don't go laughing at others' misfortune. And they said, no, it's Kyle. you got to laugh. And I'm like, all right, that's not, well, here it is. We ran out of gas. We could have used that extra lap. Where would we have finished, though, for real? We weren't going to win. Where, where, where would we have finished? Sixth? Fifth? Because, I mean, like, he ran out coming to the white flag. So, he would have, uh, he, you know, did a lot of coasting. He did a well, lot here's of. Here's the deal. If we were good on fuel, then we could have went harder. Yeah, you know, we could have gone harder. We could have. I racing. don't think the 18 would have got around us. I don't think the 22 would have even got to us if he didn't have to conserve fuel. Right. I don't think any of them would have got to us. We had enough speed in our car to maintain where we were at. So, if all the other guys ran out, we. So you're saying we would have fit because we were running fourth. So we could have won if we, we were good on fuel, but we we weren't in that. It's hard to say we would have won because we weren't in that boat. We knew we were going to be short. We pitted knowing we were going to be short, planning on cautions. Yeah. So that's just the bet we made. And so, yeah, it wasn't my fault. <laughs> I, hey, I did everything I could do to help us win. Obviously, a subplot has formed with RCR and Regan Smith. I hope Regan deliberately wrecks Ty in a savage manner next week because it's embarrassing to see Ty in the number three car. Also, I want to talk about JRM 360. It's been lackluster this season. Mike Davis, I'm calling you out. I used to look forward to these videos, and I don't know. There needs to be another German takeover episode with Martin Friedrich, and it needs to be spoken entirely in German. That'd be exciting. Come on, man. Improve the product. We've done that. I, that's what I was I, thinking. In fact, how many times have we had him in, this ep- in these episodes? No offense to this guy, but I feel like an episode spoken in all German is going to be very boring. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's Not true. to mention it'll take us a week to do. Even Martin, <laughs> is, even Martin isn't that fluent in German. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, but thanks, uh, thanks for your feedback. <laughs> I mean, we have a good time doing German 360s, but that's not our primary job here. No. It's, it's not even our secondary job here. Yeah, I mean, like, we don't try to be anything. And it takes a lot of work to actually sure. do. I guess I appreciate when people expect it to just, you know, be this Academy Award-winning comedic thing every week. But, honestly, the point of 360 is to show uh, some personality behind the scenes. And it's what we kind of do on the side. <laughs> that's just kind of a fact. But uh, these are great calls. Yeah. Yeah, they're just ripping me. That's good. <laughs> okay, I finally got my damn phone charged. I just want to call tell TJ. He needs to take some lessons on selling. From Mike Davis. Oh! Tweet out shirt and then not let nobody know till Sunday that they won't be ready to order till Monday. Come on, TJ. Just like the point I was making about people that <laughs> laughed last week <laughs> and therefore ran us out of gas, you had to have a comment right before this caller and then you caught one right in the face. I you did. Caught one. That guy. I mean, <laughs> if I would have known. Listen, man, it's the internet. It'll be there tomorrow, too. You'll, they'll be on there. You sold a lot of them this past weekend. Uh, yeah, we sold like 40 of them off the truck at the racetrack, and it'll be in, it'll be in Michigan, too, I think. So, <laughs> But he doesn't know. It's going to be in Michigan, and I might even go out there Sunday morning. So any And what? Ray asked me if I'd go out there. He and said he sells a lot of them there. So sign? I, told, I don't want to ruin the shirt. <laughs> it's so nice and, still nice and clean looking, man. Hey, can I tell you a quick story, Amanda? Yeah. This weekend, uh, I mean, th- and this is nothing new. I mean, like, TJ does this. Uh, he's done it for years. But uh, he rode with Dale and I out to this appearance. We had a sprint appearance before the race on Sunday. 
And TJ rode with us. You want to know why? Because TJ's sprint appearance was immediately following. <gasps> Are you kidding me? <laughs> you had your own sprint appearance? Yes. Yeah. I do it like, I do probably 12 <laughs> of them, 15 of them a year probably. Do any other spotters do them? Two of them. Two of them do. Okay. Earl, we split them up. Probably me, Earl, and Brett Griffin. Yeah. Okay. But Those we split them up. I like to help sprint out. I like to help the get en entertain guests. Yeah. <laughs> I just, it's just funny. I mean, like, you know, that's going to come up. You know what's if funnier, though? podcast, it's going to come up. You know what's funnier is when Junior was in there and kind of telling how we met and how we would race each other and oh, stuff. Oh, that's the other thing. Exactly. So TJ goes with us to the sprint. That's appearance. where I grew up, too, though. So listen, in that area. We go in there, and, like, the first two questions uh, to Dale Junior are about <laughs> TJ. <laughs> Yeah, well, he That's tells like a TJ love fest. In this he thing. tells him the story about how we met and how we would always race each other for the win. But I don't remember it being that way as much. I remember him trying to catch me more, and oh. that's why. <laughs> the biggest issue that I had with this weekend was the altercation with Regan Smith and Ty Dillon on Saturday. I believe that they need to let these guys fight and stay out of the way, or these guys don't need to fight at all because that little. I don't even know if you call it a fight or not. It looked more like two old ladies fighting over a bargain on Black Friday. It was pretty pathetic. But anyways, I'm ready for Michigan. I think we need to take a hot rod up there and try to win the race, which I know we will. I'm just, anyways, Dale, yeah, I can't wait to hear the download. Dale, yeah, man. Hey, yeah. Can, I, can I just make a comment about that? I didn't actually say it with Steve Post, but aside from him wrecking us, I have no problems with Ty Dillon. He actually took full responsibility for that after the race, which, you know, everybody says, including TJ, like, well, of course he did. It, it was his fault. But they don't usually do that, do they? No. They don't. That's usually when they walk <laughs> away without comment. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Ty Dillon took full responsibility for it. Regan was understandably upset. They had a heat. I guess it was a little bit more than a heated discussion, uh, but I wouldn't even call it a fight. So for, for us to characterize that as a fight, well, then if you do that, then yes, it didn't, you know, it looked like a couple of, what do you say? Yeah. Uh, ladies fighting, ladies over fighting over a black bargain. Yeah, <laughs> but it wasn't a fight. It was a heated discussion that, uh, you know, they grabbed each other and, and, you know, got their points across, and that was fine. Well, we just got home from the Glen, and uh, I just wanted to give TJ Majors a shout-out. Yeah. He did a good job today. This is the first time in three weeks we didn't go into turn one and get spun <laughs> out by somebody. <laughs> uh, yeah. clear right. Anyway, good job, Dale. Car went good, and it was a lot of fun in the SSC. It was a party, so... Uh, yeah. This was the first time in a few weeks that you didn't get us ready. You didn't see my tweet? What he said I ruined my streak. You did have a streak going. I did have a streak going. Yeah. But TJ and I were talking, though. I think on the, the Sprint Cup schedule, these last three weeks are probably the most difficult for a spotter. Now, of course, he has two other helpers. Did you have one or two helpers yesterday? I had two. two you had helpers. two? Yeah. Okay. So the guy in the S is in the bus stop. So there you go. There's the reason why TJ didn't get us crashed because he was only spotting one third of the track. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I had almost. You think about it, you got the last two corners, the first corner, and then turn two. So you, that's a pretty good portion of the track. The guy in the S's didn't really have to do anything in the bus stop. You're calling him out saying he was useless? No, I, I wouldn't have you put him there. You wanted if he was me useless. to go to the S's. Yeah, we can the Xfinity That's race. another story, too. Old Nervous Sally over here wouldn't do it. Well, th th I have reasons. I mean,. First of all, I was doing my job with Dale. We weren't done in the cup garage until the Xfinity race was starting. 
Oh, okay. Okay, so there's that. So I, I wasn't going to just leave Valid Dale. point. Um, secondly, I'm not so sure that was the only reason either. <laughs> I mean, like, here, here's the thing. You said you've spotted before for Jimmy I have. Spencer, yeah. I have. Yeah. And, and it was not an enjoyable experience Jimmy for me. is no longer driving. <laughs> it was not an enjoyable <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't an enjoyable experience. I told TJ that I wanted – I would go over there if he had no – else to do it but i only wanted to stay on channel two which really yeah, he didn't want doesn't to talk even on help one it doesn't even help you know why i don't need that kind of i don't need to be accountable for any wrecks i just doesn't need to happen Dude, that's I, not good for anybody that's all i've done the last two weeks this yeah time, but man. you get paid for that <laughs> so do you I, no 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 see yeah I, if i if i'm getting paid for it okay if that's my job okay but you know i don't like volunteer to be the guy that got us wrecked <laughs> And lo lose a championship? No, I don't. I better get something out of that. <laughs> Thanks for the call. Well, for years, right here on this podcast, I've heard Mike Damn Davis say, "Junior's going to win a road course. Junior's going to win Watkins Glen." And then I thought the line, the stars had a line. Tyler was going to the beach. Davis is going to the racetrack. I said, "Holy sh honey, we got to put my paycheck on J Dale Junior to win twenty to one off. We can't lose." Well, dumbass me forgot it was Mike Davis in charge of this whole damn thing. I should have known it would have imploded. I'll be damned. What am I going to tell my daughter when she wants to know why we're not having any dinner? I'm just going to tell her Mike Davis stole it, <laughs> sweetheart. Mike Davis is an evil, bad man. You know what? If I had any money left, I'd pay Regan Smith going there and whoop Mike Davis. <laughs> but, uh, hell, he may not even need any money. He's on a roll. Damn it. If this, hey, listen, if that's what it takes to get Dado to start calling in I know more it. often. I miss that, man. I mean, come on. Listen, again, I did everything I could do for this team. I got us there. I got us fast. I got us a good qualifying spot. Tell me, were you disappointed in starting seventh? I was not. I was honestly surprised by that. I yeah. wasn't. I wasn't. We were going to qualify yeah, there last year. Why is nobody calling about that? We haven't qualified seventh in how long? We were going we we to qualify good last year. We were going to qualify really good last year, but we melted breaks and another thing this isn't junior's last year why are they acting like the ain't jeff gordon i will defend you on that i if, if we go back to maybe last week i think it was you did say within his career, career. i will defend you we want to win now what else we got that's it that was our last <laughs> that call it? i can't wait to show you reaction this. theater is open 24 7 all you have to do is call toll free 855-740-1902 and leave us your voicemail message We'll play the best each and every week right here on Dirty Mo Radio. We need to pick a winner. Yes, we do. TJ, what do you think? <laughs> I know which one I, I, I like. I like the one that uh, – I like all of them that ripped you. <laughs> Amanda, you may actually have to decide this one. What do you think? What about – you know uh, what? The lady that – what number was it here? I wasn't the, really the, taking The lady notes. that was cursing a yeah. lot. Do we I liked her. her yeah. I liked her. Or do we want to give it to Dado? Dado had a good point. I mean, listen – Dado made me laugh the hardest out of everybody, although the uh, the call about TJ's restarts made me laugh, too, where he said you finally uh, didn't mess up a restart. All right. Well, what's our vote? I, I say Dado. I like Dado was the best, too. He was the most, I don't know, he was the most educated on it, kind of. And Oh, great. You're, ta you're calling people Dado's uneducated. Educated. Yeah. Well, you know what Way I Way to mean. go. Yeah, we've insulted okay. somebody. Well, Dado. Dado's Dado. the winner. We need to send him some uh, – we don't need to send him shades. We need to send him some, uh, like, wireless speakers or something. Yeah, camping for, or something. That would be handy. Yellow. Yeah, sloppy yellow. Is sloppy say. yellow. Time now for It Takes a Nation, presented by Nationwide. So we did something a little different this week on Takes a Nation. With me being at the racetrack, I actually got one of our team members on the 88 team, uh, Andy 
Quillen, our truck driver. We call him Squigs, Trucker Squigs. You probably follow him on Twitter, and if not, you should. Uh, we got him during the race, and so here is the audio. Here's Takes a Nation with Andy Quillen uh, that we got during the race at Watkins Glen. Here I am on Takes a Nation, and uh, I tell you what, the guy that I got right here with me now is the reason we get to the racetrack, is the reason we have a race car, it's the reason that uh, the tools get here. Andy, welcome to Takes a Nation, finally. Yes, it's got to be back. And you guys probably know him by Trucker Squigs as his uh, Twitter account, right? Twi Trucker Squigs? Mm-hmm. And right. so how long have you been uh, at Hendrick Motorsports? Been at Hendrick's for two years. Um, been driving NASCAR haulers for about five years now. So Who did you start with? Well, I'll say with Danny Gill with the truck team back in 2010. Did a year there and then moved up to the 95 car, which McDowell, Michael McDowell drives. Was there for two years. And then went over to Streamings for six months, and I came at Hendricks here. And just main thing was just got knowing people, knowing this and that, and heard an opening came up, or people wanted me because they saw how hard I worked. So, and you are a hard worker. I mean, you uh, we're actually in the middle of the Watkins Glen race right now, and here you are working. I'm actually stopping you from working. So take me through a day. Let's just talk about race day. Let's not even talk about the weekdays when you're driving and stuff. Just race day from start to finish. What are you doing? Race day, get in, start the cooler. Do a little cleaning, help get the pit guys ready with all their stuff. Uh, when the guys run the car, I usually fuel it, bring the fuel over to them, fuel it. Other than that, kind of just doing some small cleaning, see if the guys, if anybody's like, hey, we need this, we need that for the race. Once the car leaves the garage, tear scales down, clean up, come back to the truck, kind of taking care of more stuff, do a little meeting, and by the time the race starts, I'm already starting cleaning the trailer, prepping. Prepping to load, cleaning, get everything taken care of, so when race is done, we can just load up and I can get going down the road. How long after the race is over will you be hitting the road? It usually is an hour or two after a race. Okay. Just kind of just takes, you know, if we got to do tech or whatever, and then just loading up everything, guys get changed, and then it takes a little while to get haulers kind of get out and then in order right um get out in traffic so it, it kind of varies mostly between an hour and two hours on, on an average week um do you always have a co-driver yes okay pretty much every week uh, a lot of times i'll go to the track by myself but like when we do the west coast trips or if we are leaving the shop late scott will come with me then going to the racetrack but most of the time i'm usually going by myself to the track uh like why bristol coming up i'll do that whole weekend by myself driving up there driving back it's only three hours a lot of places that we go to, there's always these hauler parades and fans. How cool is that to be the driver of the 88 Nationwide Series hauler and being around fans during parades? Oh, it's pretty good. If if anybody watched the video Watkins Glen shared, they'll hear me coming because I got them got some loud train horns on there. But um, it's pretty cool. It's it's Bristol's are one of our favorites. You know, it's at night, so everybody sees the lights and everything else on the trailers, and um, the tracks do quite a bit for us. Like. You know, have dinner and stuff and contests, stuff like that, which is pretty cool. They kind of help out and stuff. So it's always good to do them. You get a lot of people come out, like, you know, they never seen something like, you know, big trailers and stuff. So, Well, you can follow this guy, Trucker Squigs. He takes a lot of pictures, does a lot of tweeting uh, on the road, when, uh, and, and it's really fascinating. And he's uh, the best in the business. And uh, we're glad to have him here on the 88 Nationwide Series team. Trucker, thank you, buddy. No problem. Glad to have you on Takes a Nation. I really appreciate Andy for taking time during the race. He was actually working uh, to, to uh, talk with Takes a Nation. Junior Nation members, did you know that you can get a special discount when you switch to Nationwide? It's true. Call 877-697-2246 or 
Visit nationwide.com forward slash junior nation. That's JR Nation for more information. Remember, Nationwide is on your side. I'm Tip Daniels, and here's what we've got this week on Dirty Mo Radio. On Wednesday, Brenda Jackson and Mike Davis will be making a much-anticipated return to Fast Lane Family, presented by Wella Professionals, as they fill in for Kelly. Thursday, Heath White and Regan Smith host another episode of Junior Motorsports Upfront, presented by Dale's Pale Ale. And I'd be willing to bet this past weekend's NASCAR Xfinity race at Watkins Glen might come up. Don't forget, you can always catch Dale Jr.'s at-track press conferences on said Jr. presented by Nationwide. Dirty Mo Radio podcasts are available free of charge 24-7 on DaleJr.com, iTunes, and all major podcasting outlets. All right, back for the second week in a row for White Flag is none other than Tyler Overstreet, who's back from the beach. Looks rested, looks relaxed. I'm just glad he came back. It's yeah. White Flag time. White flag right there, white flag. All right, Dale Jr. is headed to Darlington Raceway on Tuesday for a production leading up to the Southern 500 next month. Still can't tell you what the car sponsor is quite yet, but can tell you it's going to be really cool. TJ is making a lot of gestures, and look for an announcement on the Darlington car coming up soon. We head to Michigan on Friday for practice and qualifying. It's a two-and-a-half-hour practice on Friday to give them Extra tack time with the high drag aero package. Uh oh, high drag. Time. What's tack time? Oh, yeah, what is tack time? <laughs> what is tack time? You know what they should also give him <laughs> track time. Yeah, yeah, they'll give him some track time too. Um, then on Saturday, <laughs> he learned he forgot how to talk at the beach. I guess. I know it was very relaxing. <laughs> tack time. Two practices in the morning before Junior puts on Two. his owner hat <laughs> to watch Alex Bowman driving the number double zero Haas Automation truck at Michigan. That's right. Then the Jerem. Xfinity teams will be racing at Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course in the Nationwide Children's Hospital 200. I know Regan has a special purple paint scheme. It's got giraffes and cupcakes on it to support his patient. His patient? Patient. 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 Chase Elliott Monroe's will also have kids <laughs> featured on their cars to learn more about the Nationwide Children's Hospital. And the kids who will be hanging out with the Junior Motorsports teams, visit nationwidechildrens.org backslash NCH200. Sunday, if you're at the track, Dale Jr. is stopping <laughs> by the Chevy stage He's at digging, 12 p.m. for a question and answer session right before the driver's meeting. And the race starts at 2.30 p.m. Eastern time on NBC Sports Network. Like I said last week, if you do not have NBC Sports Network, have no fear. They stream the races online at NBCSports.com and via their live extra app. Check both of those out. I actually I actually downloaded that this I past got, yeah. weekend at Watkins Glen. I used it in <clears throat> Sonoma. Watched the IndyCar Actually, race, hold I up. Believe, I tried to download it, but there's actually not any cell service in the entire county that Watkins Glen no, is no, in. No, no, that's not true. It is true. That he place doesn't have a cell tower Anyway. He tries to download in a three-mile stretch where there's no service. Yeah. yeah. In Same. the woods? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that place, TJ. You, they TJ, barely, help them out. They barely have landlines in that area, and you're trying to download an app. That is a good <laughs> app, though. It, but, but when I got back, I finally was able to complete the download. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can watch it. It is a good app. We get a lot of Facebook comments about not being able to watch the race, but if you can leave a comment on Facebook, you can download that app or go to that website and watch the race. So. All right. Well, that's interesting. Keep us posted on how that goes. But, Tyler, I appreciate you uh, reading the white flag again. TJ, thank you as always. Amanda, thank you. Taylor, hope you're doing well out in Oregon. Uh, appreciate you calling in and giving me a hard time. Mighty nice of you. 
Uh, but uh, also, before we cut out of here, I do want to send our thoughts and condolences to the family of Buddy Baker. We lost Buddy on Monday morning, uh, one of NASCAR's all-time greats and certainly a fan favorite on Sirius XM radio. So we'll definitely miss the gentle giant, as uh, he was affectionately known as, uh, and our thoughts and prayers are with the family. Take care. We'll talk to you next week here on the Dale Jr. Download, presented by Spy. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo Radio. All right, well, we're done with this week's Dale Jr. Download. Mike, did you enjoy Watkins Glen? I did actually enjoy Watkins Glen. Um, we had a good time. You know what else I enjoyed? I actually had a couple people come up to me wearing spy sunglasses. They were very complimentary of JRM 360. Uh, one of them was <laughs> actually a, a security guard at Watkins Glen. He was a security guard at one of the gates at, at the track. He hollered at me, and he was very complimentary of JRM 360, and he was also wearing his spy shades, which he wanted me to make sure I noticed. So I didn't nice. catch his name, but uh, he I guess he listens to us, and he watches our videos, so I appreciate well, thank him. thank you, sir. Yeah. I, I would like to find out, did he get his 20% discount? I, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> I <laughs> hope he did. I should have asked him. Yeah. Because you know what? If he didn't, he could have. You can just go to spyoptic.com, and at checkout, enter code NATIONWIDE88. And you'll get that 20% off. That's all it takes.